Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome into another edition of GC Live Talking Tuesday Nights. I'm Mike Yuvin. Alongside me is intern Joe, fresh off a nice spring break trip. Intern Joe, what'd you do for spring break? What can you tell us, at least? Spring break, I was home, Mike, enjoying some family time. Um, It wasn't that cold back in Indiana, thankfully. It was just about as cold as it is here in Columbia now, actually. It got up to 45 and of course, right after I left, it dropped back down to cold and snowy. So um, looks like I brought the cold weather with us or with me back down to Columbia as we were 85 and sunny um, before I left. And now it is the weather. We have the freeze warning or freeze watch or whatever going on. But yeah, Mike, it was good to catch up. Good to see the family, um, you know, just kind of take a little bit, relax, play with the dog and whatnot and, and you know, have a nice relaxing week, but happy to be back. Excited to be back for some spring football, baby. Yep, spring football began today for the Gamecocks. And uh, real quickly, shout out to Michael watching from Atlanta. We appreciate everyone. Let us know where you're watching tonight as those comments start to come on in and as more people start to come on in here as well because the baseball game just wrapped up. South Carolina able to take care of Presbyterian tonight as they get ready now for conference play starting up this weekend. But keeping it back with football as we have done all year. And even going back to, shoot, last season, uh, how we doing, Craig? Spring football practices began this morning. And it was nippy out there, as you mentioned, Joe. It was cold out there um, for some. You know, we're used to it a little bit. But being able to, being able to get out there and, and see so many, number one, new faces. Number two familiar faces who have either put on new weight new muscle new size new numbers just seeing different players out there as well as being able to see some things that perhaps could be things that we should be paying attention to this spring and heading into the fall we'll see how things play out because again it's just practice number one so with that all being said first thing that i want to hit on today intern joe First thing that I want to hit on with this team, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the offense because there's things in particular that we'll get into to carry on Joyner, working with the running backs a little bit today, Stone Bland, working with the ones today. I want to get into some of those things, but just looking at the offense as a whole, Beamer mentioned today during his press conference that there's going to be things that they do that naturally are they're, they're going to be new things. But at the same time, too, there's going to be wrinkles that they're going to be installing that they did in the past. Now, I think when some people hear that, they're instantly going to be like, oh, here we go again. NFL-style offense, 
the pains, the growing pains in particular, this team had to go through last season. It's going to be the same thing. No. Okay. It happens every time a new coach comes in. I went through it myself. My senior year of college is going to be wrinkles. You're going to try to put your players in positions to be able to be successful. There's going to be things that Spencer Rattler in particular, and it starts with Rattler and it trickles on down, goes to the receivers, running backs, even though that room is thin right now, intern Joe. You're going to try to do what you can to be able to put your playmakers in a position to succeed. But at the same time, too, don't get it twisted. Don't just instantly assume, oh, it's going to be the same offense. No. It's going to be different. You just got to be patient with it. Yeah, Mike. I mean, I think, you know, spring ball is a really good opportunity for, you know, everyone to kind of get some reps and stuff. And I think this offense is going to be, you know, something that develops over the spring, right? You're bringing in a lot of new faces. Obviously, you have the duo of um, Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells returning. But, I mean, in terms of the offensive line and in terms of the running backs and even a lot of the wide receivers, you have a lot of, new and fresh faces that you got to work into this offense along with the offensive coordinator, Dalla Loggins. So it's a lot of new coming at the team, the offense on um, this spring. So I think it's going to be really good for them to work out the kinks and, and kind of develop their game plan, or at least, you know, kind of rep through what, what they want to do, what, what they're going to, you know, eventually bring to the table. So I, I think it's going to be really good, especially in the spring, just kind of, you know, get a feel for who, who's going to, um, you know, contend for spots in, in summer ball and, going into fall camp and obviously knock on wood, you hope there's no injuries and stuff like that. But I mean, you spring ball is really to get an idea of who is going to compete for these number one spots. I mean, I know mm-hmm. you brought up stone Blanton being one guy and we, we kind of expected him to be a guy, uh, but spring ball really kind of narrows or, uh, you know, whittles down the pack. And obviously sometimes you will have a couple guys that will make kind of a late run in camp and surprise some people. And, I mean, even develop even more into the fall and kind of see the field a little bit more. But I think spring ball is where you start to find out who, you know, your top guys, your starters are going to be. And uh, like you, you have Spencer Rattler's the starting quarterback and Juice Wells is the number one receiver. But I mean, you, you start to figure out what the rest of the squad looks like. Um, and in particular, I think what I'm most excited to see this spring is what, what uh, ends up happening with the offensive line, because I think this mm-hmm. offensive line, as we've talked about before, Mike, I think, you know, they're not returning a whole lot of guys. So it's, it's, I don't want to say a crapshoot, but in terms of filling those spots, it's anybody's ball game really. Um, and you have Nick Gargiulo coming in from Yale. We've talked about how pivotal he is um, in terms of being a veteran role, especially at center, which is a position you need a veteran player at. And I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see who fills in around him. And obviously you do have some veteran ret- returning guys, but who haven't necessarily seen the field as much. And as well as you've got some new guys, you got Sidney Fuger, you you have uh, Marquis Anderson, the freshman coming in. They're going to compete for these jobs. So I think it's going to be really interesting. And again, I'm looking at the offensive line and the running back room is going to be really interesting too, Mike. Mm-hmm. And you bring up the offensive line and it goes back to what I was going to get into with, with one of your other comments you made about what spring football is all about. You're looking at the O-line. I truly believe that once they solidify who the center is going to be, everything else is going to fall into place. Now, again, as I've mentioned many, many times on this program, as I've mentioned on Gamecock Central, as well as my colleagues, I know Wes Mitchell's talked about it, Chris Clark, you get the feel right now that Gargiulo is the early candidate to be the starting center. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to automatically be that guy. 
He's also cross-training, and he's working at the guard's positions. Uh, and he also has experience of playing tackle, played left tackle a lot of the uh, time when he was at Yale before making the move over last season, playing 10 games for the Bulldogs, who, oh, by the way, won the Ivy League title, and he was the only captain of that team. But Vershawn, uh, Vershawn Lee is another guy mm-hmm. to keep an eye on in that competition, if you want to word it that way, at center. Now, I believe Gargiulo is going to be the center. Once that happens, Lee, Jalen Nichols, Moore, everything's going to kind of fall into place. And as you mentioned before, you have Marky Anderson coming in. How quickly can he adapt? I, I never look at freshmen. I always look at it this way. When you have young players coming in, typically, typically, the further away you are from the football, easier might not be the best word to use, but it becomes easier. It's more difficult the closer you are to the football, right? So think about it. Quarterback, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, linebackers, defensive backs, right? You tend to see receivers, you tend to see younger players get on the field a little bit further away from the football. Now, it doesn't always play out that way. But what I'm trying to get at is there's a lot more that you have to pick up, number one. And this is coming from a defensive back, okay? So, I mean, shoot, never going to hate my defensive back brothers out there. But the point being is it's it's the closer you are to the football, you need to earn those coaches' trust even that much more, that much quicker. So being able to have an opportunity this this spring for some of those guys, the offensive linemen that aren't here right now, as well as just the players that aren't here right now, right? We can go down the list. I mean, we can look at the running back room, uh, Dontavious Braswell, right? Guys that aren't even done with high school yet. Are they going to be behind the eight ball a little bit going into fall camp? Of course. And that's in comparison to the guys that have that opportunity, as you alluded to in turn, Joe. So the guys that are here, they have that chance right now. Okay, there's going to be guys that going into the offseason last year, they met with their positional coach. They met with Beamer or offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, even Lumbo. Right. And as we've mentioned, there's going to be guys that will probably transfer out after the spring because in their minds, they have envisioned what this season will look like for them. And if it doesn't pan out that way in the spring, some of those guys went to the portal. And some of those other guys that have the opportunity right now, now they're going to be in place, kind of like the Tour de France, not that I'm a huge cyclist fan, but they're going to have an opportunity now going into fall camp in front. And it's their job now not to screw it up. Don't puke all over your shoes, right? Right now, it's a little bit more laid back. Offensively, yes, they're throwing everything at you. But once you get into fall camp, you don't have that same time to be able to say, well, we'll just slow it down a little bit. No, because you're installing things even that much faster because you know that first game of the season, which as we know this year, it's against a power five team. You have to get ready for that. You don't have any time to dick around. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. I think really this, uh, this spring is all about, Again, repping it out and kind of also, too, for these newer guys, just kind of adjusting to the SEC. I I mean, talking to Michael's point here, his question, I mean, obviously there is a big gap in, in, uh, um, I guess, Western Illinois to Yale, number one, but also Yale to the SEC for sure. But it's going to take some adjustment. I think last year we saw – 
this offensive line adjust as the year went on. Um, it was a big complaint. Mike, I can remember talking about, I mean, on Tuesday nights and, and, and post-game shows that how bad the offensive line was in the first couple of weeks. But then, mm-hmm. I mean, as the season progressed, we saw it later in the year, um, the, the complaints were few and far in between. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to these transfers um, that have to adjust to the SEC, that's just going to be the nature of it. Like when you get into SEC play, and I mean, South Carolina's got their hands full at the beginning of the schedule with Georgia and Tennessee on the front-loaded end of, of their schedule. But, I mean, it's it's really about when, when you make the adjustment or really kind of get a feel for it, obviously, like the weight program and everything like that. But you can't really get adjusted to SEC football until you have, you know, an SEC defensive lineman hit you in the mouth. I mean, it's that simple, I think. Um, and, and, again, I think, you know, this spring and summer will help with that because obviously the SEC's, um, you know, weight stuff is similar and, and whatnot. Uh, if you guys can see where I'm going with that, but like the preparation is, it's relatively similar. Um, but I think, you know, in the SEC, all of it is different. Um, you know, the, the facilities, the training, everything. So um, I, I, I think, you know, I don't know, Mike, if you want to talk to that question. Well, or- I mean, look, bottom line is this, when you move up, whether it be from a smaller FBS school, FCS, Division II, wherever the case may be, the biggest thing is being able to get acclimated and feel uncomfortable getting into some type of routine. Because think of it in the sense of going from one job to another. The way they go about things, even though it's at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a business, right? It's, it's football in this case. But in a working environment, even though you could be working at a company that is very similar and you go to another place, the way they go about things could be a hell of a lot different. They go about things a hell of a lot different. And you're trying to get into that routine. Once you get acclimated to that, and that's why I think it's so important to be able to enroll early when you can at a high school, which is another reason why next year's Gamecock commit, class of 2024, four-star quarterback Dante Reno, transferred high schools about a month back because he wants to make sure that the school that he's currently at now will allow him to enroll early. So I say those things because you get some of these guys that came through the transfer portal. That's number one. Number two is just being able to pick up the playbook. And when you're playing offensive line, you truly, you truly just need to be able to develop that relationship and that rapport with the guy next to you, right? You're playing center, you're playing guard. Even if you're playing tackle, the guy to the left or the right of you, you have to be able to build a rapport with him. You have to be able to establish some type of chemistry so that when you do go out there on the field, you know what the guy next to you is going to be able to do and what his limitations are going to be. Because for some of these guys, based on where they've played, they may have been the best offensive lineman on their team. Now they're coming to a place, and not saying that Gargiulo, not saying that some of these guys aren't capable of becoming the best offensive lineman that USC has, and that's no disrespect to the guys they currently have, but it's going to be different, right? I mean, you see it all the time. Guys come up. And Carlos Patel said it best in turn, Joe, when he came up from D2. So, okay. He, he said it best. He said the biggest difference with the SEC outside of the speed, which is easy to pick up. It's easy to pick up. That's a D2 guy coming from, you know, going to the SEC. Speed, you adapt to that because you've always been the fastest one. Instead of only having one top receiver out there at the D2 level each week to worry about, you might have to worry about two or three each week. So, Going up against these defensive linemen, Gargiulo and just the, the offensive line as, as a whole, 
That's the biggest difference. On top of all the other moving factors that we're talking about, you're not just going up against one talented defensive lineman each week, which you might see in the SC, I mean, in the Ivy League or who uh, with the, the conference that Western Illinois is in. You're going up against two or three guys each week that are just dudes. Right. And the stunts and the twists and everything they throw at you, you really have to be on your game because, shoot, you could be in a situation where guys are making, you know, crosses at the D line position, blitzes are coming up, and you have to make sure you're ready for it. Yeah, Mike, I mean, I, I think you're right there. Um, and, you know, every guy on the SEC roster is a dude, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that's it wouldn't be the best conference in football if it wasn't. So, I mean, and even like the reserves, I mean, they could be throwing in a junior that was a four-star coming out of high school and stuff like that and has just been bulking the whole time waiting for that opportunity. So you do have to be on your game. And that's, you know, why it's the toughest conference in football, Mike. Right? I mean, to be mm-hmm. quite honest. I mean, I think, you know, also, too, um, I guess wrapping up the, the conversation on the offensive line here, but I, I think, you know, we've talked about it. We talked about, uh, you know, the week before last week because I was gone last week. But, um, you know, how important spring ball is for this offensive line to start building rapport with each other. Like, I, yep. I don't necessarily think that they're going to have their set offensive line going into summer ball. I think there's still going to be some competitions in there. But I, and granted, they will have a couple guys that are anchored down and whatever. But, I mean, I think there will still be some spots that are open for competition and stuff like that. But it's all about, you know, building chemistry as a group. That's what you need as an offensive line. You need everyone to be on the same page. And same goes for the defensive line, right? We saw that last year a little bit when the defensive line, you know, they had some some subs in there and stuff like that and communication got washed out. I mean, I think it it goes both ways. Um, But this spring is really, 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 really key for this offensive line to – you know, gel together as a unit. And I mean, I don't know if they're going to attack the portal for an offensive lineman. I don't know if they're they, they're going to add one more for depth or not. But regardless, I think this group needs to be really tight going into the summer um, and after spring ball, because when they get there, you know, they should be a high functioning unit and being able to pick up, you know, what each other did wrong and then lift each other up when they did mess up, you know, kind of, you know, the, the gelling that you like to see, on that because nothing gets done if, if the offensive line is fighting with each other and stuff like that. Like if you're not on the same page, you can't have an effective well, game and effective pass blocking. Game. I'll say this. I'll say this where USC's offensive line is at right now. It starts with their leadership. Yeah. Okay. Lonnie Teasley, everything that I've been told, I talked to Eric Douglas yesterday as well. So a guy that's not even in the locker room anymore who will give you, I mean, I've known, Eric since his, I mean, shoot, since he was an intern for us over at Watch Fox. And his response was, he's he's awesome. He's able to connect with players. He knows what he's talking about. And he's someone that just can get the best out of you. On top of that, though, on top of that, though, you also have Greg Atkins. And I know that it's easy to get so caught up on Lonnie being the guy now being the offensive line coach beamer made a point today to make sure that he brought up there's a reason why he wanted to make sure he kept greg atkins here as an analyst and i'm paraphrasing right now but beamer said that he's you know he's he's a damn good offensive line coach damn good offensive line coach and talking to players talking to players both former and both current they like Atkins too. 
They like Atkins too. So the point being is having those two guys there, having that much knowledge, having the ability to have a guy like Teasley who was in the wings. He was in the wings, and unfortunately because of the health issues that Greg had to deal with, Greg Atkins, Teasley had to be elevated. Not by title during the season, but he was thrown right into the mix. And making that transition now and being able to still have Atkins, I mean, shoot, from a player standpoint, from a player standpoint, we've seen over the last couple years, I think before Satterfield, it was like what? The first time in like five years that they had an offensive coordinator finally there for more than a season. Yeah. To be able to have some type of continuity. It doesn't have to just be the offensive coordinator, the defensive coordinator, just your positional coach. It, it is a ama- it, it's amazing. It's amazing how much impact that can have on a player. How much I, I saw it with so my teammates. I didn't go through positional coaching change until my senior year. And it's just different. Even that one year, it's just different because now you're trying to not just appease the head coach and the coordinator, whoever the coordinator could be, the coordinator sometimes is your positional coach. But now you're trying to appease that guy after trying to appease another guy. And his style might be just a little bit different. His technique could be just a little bit different. So having that ability to know, hey, this is how he wants me to play already. Sure, things could be taught a little bit differently because you have a new offensive coordinator. And the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach, they have to be on the same page. They have to be essentially attached to the hip. They have to be knowing, you know, it's kind of like the old uh, stepbrothers scene, right? When they were just saying, you know, hey, you know, who's your favorite this, who that? And they're just saying the same thing. You need to be able to do that in a sense. And I feel like being able to have Teasley here, I think that's something that should not be overlooked is the fact that you had a guy that was already here. He's back. You have Atkins here as well, which is a huge, huge bonus. Whether people want to acknowledge that or not, it's a huge bonus. It's going to help these players make that transition that much easier in comparison to if you had a new offensive coordinator coming in with uh, a new offensive line coach. Yeah, and I mean, I think um, Lonnie Teasley and Greg Atkins are kind of like the Bash brothers. They work a very similar style. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, both of them are really, really, really good offensive line coaches. And I think, you know, they've both been involved. You know, obviously, Greg isn't as much on the field as he was, but I think it's it's more of a title change than anything. I think they're both still really involved. And Lonnie was really involved last year. And and when Greg needed to step aside for his health um, stuff, I think that's what you know made him ready to step up. And I think they work really, 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 really well together, which is why Greg is still on staff and why, you know, they're doing so well on the recruiting trail. I think, you know, we've talked about it, how great of a recruiter Greg Adkins is and how great of a person he is, and why it all makes sense. And I think it's, it's, it's very valuable to have a guy like him still on staff because, you know, Lonnie Teasley being uh, the younger cat in the, in the room, you know, to have a kind of mentor-ish figure or an older guy like Greg Adkins in the room to be able to, you know, for Lonnie to use guidance for and vice versa, have some experience and don't get me wrong. Lonnie's plenty experienced himself. And so, I mean, I think the coaching in the offensive line room, they really didn't skip a beat because Lonnie had always been there is what I'm trying to say here. 
And then Greg still being there also helps too, because again, when, with the guys that are returning and that played under Adkins, they played under Teasley mm-hmm. too. But I think having both of those minds in that room is so, so, so effective. And I mean, I can't really understate it because again, I'm, I'm the biggest Greg Adkins fan. You, you guys are fine because he's such an amazing human. But I, I, again, I think, um, I, I really do think that nothing, there wasn't really a, a beat skipped when, when Lonnie was hired. I think it was just back to business as usual. And you're right. Mike, I mean, I think with Dowell, there might be some changes, but really there wasn't any, any gap, any, any real, you know, issue with the changeover. And especially just sometimes it's sometimes just the little things with technique, right? The way, because at the end of the day, the way that an offensive line coach is going to teach things, right? It's gonna, it's all, it's all going to be very similar, but the first step, depending on how they're doing certain plays, that's the only thing that could change. I mean, it's just it's 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 important parts of it because if you're not doing that one step, I mean, again, as a defensive back, little things change with just the way you were positioned pre-snap based on how we you know we changed our defense up a little bit. That's the kind of stuff that will change. Um, well, they're both players, coaches too, Mike. Like, mm-hmm. They're both really, really, really good with players and stuff and and listening too. That's, I mean, that's everything that I've heard out of the offensive line room, too. They're both really, 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 really down to earth, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Now, moving backwards, moving backwards to the running back room, a position that I know a lot of Gamecock fans have been wondering what the hell is going to happen this spring. Okay. Now, a couple of things I want to hit on before we get into the DeCarion Joiner story from today. Turbo Miller. Turbo Miller. I know uh, – Chris Clark has been following up on that the best that he can. And it was to our knowledge going into, into this week that, um, that he has no eligibility. That's what we've been told uh, to our knowledge and that they're trying to push, push, push. Uh, Beamer said today during his press conference that South Carolina is still working through Miller's eligibility. Now, the reason I brought that up is because outside Outside of Juju McDowell, and correct me if I'm wrong, intern Joe, you don't have a proven running back in that room from a SEC standpoint. From an SEC standpoint, you have a bunch of walk-ons, including Sumter's Nathan Harris Wayne, which is just a phenomenal story there. For those of you that uh, remember that story, the young man. Uh, in and out of the orphanage. I remember doing a story on him when I was at Watch Fox. In and out of the orphanage, the first about 12 years of his life, and gets adopted by this incredible family, has a tremendous season his senior year. I mean, he had a great career at Sumter, but five, you know, rushed, rushed for over 2,000 yards a senior year, gets a preferred walk on opportunity over at South Carolina. Um, so I bring that up because you have guys that are, are competing for trying to try to just see the field. But with that being said, outside of Juju, which, again, I, I love Juju. I think he's someone that you can also make an impact in the passing game. He doesn't have to be a guy that gets carry after carry after carry because his body just – its that's not how it's built. So you need someone else. Mario Anderson, of course we know that based on the size. He's going to have a great opportunity. But the changeup today, the changeup today was seeing to carry on Joyner out there at running back. Now <clears> – <throat> This is one of the things that's interesting, intern Joe, because I wasn't told this going into spring practice. This was something that I did not see. And 
we have to do we're doing a, a piece all of us over at Gamecock Central bold predictions and this was something I'm like yeah maybe, maybe throw Joiner out there but I didn't want to just throw something absolutely I thought was silly like you know what I like this I like this and here's why well Joiner is athletic he's dynamic anytime he has the ball in his hands right I also feel like that wide receiver room is getting better. I feel like it's getting better. And while Joyner did some good things in that receiver room, I do feel like there's going to be players that are younger than him that you're going to want to continue to develop. Maybe a Landon Sampson, right? Maybe some of these other players. You have talented guys like Eddie Lewis coming in. Marion Brown, he's already there. I think Xavier Leggett's going to take a big leap this year. We already know what Juice Wells does. So I bring these guys up because we haven't even talked about the tight end position. And if South Carolina, which we've been told to expect to see more two tight end sets this year, if that is the case, you do the math. Two tight ends, that's one less receiver, typically. Could obviously be a running back in that situation or an empty backfield, but you're going to be without a receiver. So if that's the case and you feel like Joyner could be even, even you know, competing for a number four spot at receiver, why not get him some reps right now at running back? Because <clears throat> think about how much that opens up the playbook because he can throw the ball. All you freaking people out there, I want to see Joyner at quarterback. Give him a shot. You have Spencer Rattler out there, okay? You have Rattler out there. Think about that, though. Rattler and Joyner in a shotgun formation. Think of just the headaches it would cause defensive coordinators. Motioning him. You have Juice Wells. Just think how creative. Think how creative they could do things. And I think, and I saw him today out there, intern Joe. Yeah, he put he put some he put some mass on. Looks like he put yeah. some muscle on. I mean, I remember when Joyner came in. Oh, DK. Yeah, I remember when Joyner came in out of Dutch uh, Dutch Fork. Excuse me. I remember covering him when they played Dutch Fork, um, Fort Dorchester, yeah. and when he came out of Fort D. I'm not saying he was a tiny guy, but man, he's put some muscle on this off season. I seeing him at running back. And again, it doesn't have to be he's the number one guy. It doesn't have to be the number two guy. To get him in the mix, though, get him on the field more. I mean, that's the bottom line. Find a way to get him on the field. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, that's why he came back, dude, is, is to get back on the field. And we saw it in the bowl game, right? He's kind of a unique weapon that you can really use all over the offense. And I realize, and I think Dowell realizes that like you have a guy that can do it all that can throw the ball that can run that can catch. And I mean, I think, you know, I didn't see any pictures, Mike, but it doesn't surprise me. I think DK gets bigger and bigger every, every year when he comes back. So I think, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see him play a little running back. And I think it's a spot where you need some depth. Um, And also too, DK's do it all right. Do it all DK joiner. If you want to call him. Uh, but I think, you know, having DK back there also kind of answers that, like, I, I still think they go try and get another running back in the portal, depending on what they lose, you know, this spring. But I, I mean, having DK back there just shows like that's another position that he can play. And it's another position that, you know, this coaching staff is willing to move him to if it means they need to move him to it for depth. And again, to Chris's comment, 
I think, yeah, you can design up some wicked trick plays with it. Um, you know, I consult Pete Lembo, the godfather of trick plays. I think that would be a whole lot of fun. But again, I think you can get some funky looks out of it, kind of get teams out of their element, get defenses out of their element when 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 DK's out on the field. And we saw that against Notre Dame. They really didn't know how to handle it. And they kind of, you know, they had heard all, all of the rumors and everything about the DK package and everything going into that game. And they still didn't know how to handle it, approach it and whatnot. So I, I think, you know, do it all DK Joyner is, is all that and more for this offense. And when you want to bring him in at wide receiver, you want to bring him in at quarterback, you want to bring him in at running back. I think, you know, it, it really doesn't matter where you put him. I think, you know, the ceiling for him as a player is endless. Like I, I you can really do whatever you want offensively. And like, he's just such an athlete too. I think, and again, you can really do whatever, put him anywhere on the offense. And you can do really, you know, again, whatever you want, quite frankly. But um, Mike, we lost Mike there for a second. But, yeah, I mean, I think DK Joyner is, you know, he's the guy, right? He's the do-it-all guy. He's not going to play quarterback, like Mike said, because you do have Spencer Rattler and you do have a loaded QB room. But, I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to see him play running back. Um, And so, let's see, Mike. Um, but yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting to see him play running back, um, go and get Mike's laptop crash. That is the update for everybody, by the way. Um, but yeah, no, so Craig, yeah, I, I can see them going, get two running backs in the portal. Um, I, I think, you know, again, like I said, DK having DK being able to play, um, running back too. I think that's huge. Um, again, for depth standpoint, you know, one, two running backs, I think, you know, you can't really have enough horses in the backfield and, you know, depending on Turbo Miller's um, eligibility, we're going to see. Um, and I think if you have him, it's going to be fine. So, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm really interested to see what ends up happening with Turbo <laughs> Miller. Or Mike, do you have any scoop on that? I mean, because Beamer told us today that Turbo, uh, like his uh, eligibility, they're going to check on it or something like that. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it, it's what, typically what the, what the process is, the NCAA in the clearinghouse for whatever the university, obviously in this case, it's USC. It's just, it's a waiting game sometimes. <clears throat> and I'm sure knowing USC as much as I'm, I'm sure some fans, because it's just like anything in life. Sometimes the negative, sometimes the bad, you look at that and you just instantly think, Oh, they're awful when it comes to X, Y, and Z. They are doing what they can to be able to get <clears throat> Miller through the clearinghouse. And obviously they've done that with Jordan Strawn. They're doing this with multiple players. So, and it looks like Strawn's in, in, in good, good shape right now. So again, that's just kind of where we're at right now. It's a waiting game more than anything. Uh, Stev A says, I agree hundred percent with you, Mike, where Joyner is concerned. Don't get me wrong. I really like Joyner, but <clears throat> there are more productive guys at wide receiver than him. There are definitely more talented QBs. And look, <clears throat> I love <clears> – sorry, just dying over here because of the freaking pollen. Um, I love, love, love the work ethic, the commitment, everything that Joyner has shown during his time at South Carolina. Like he is the epitome of everything right with not just college athletics but just life. But I also feel like – that unless he's able to do something this spring, and it's not, not even necessarily having to show us, right? I'm talking about in practice when we're not there. 
unless he's able to to really make that jump <clears throat> to a point where he's competing for that number three wide receiver role. I, I just think he he serves you more valuable if you can just find a way to get him on the field, right? Yeah. Um, and again, let's just be honest with ourselves. What we saw from Rattler towards the end of last season, if Rattler's doing that, even the people that want to see Joyner a quarterback, don't put, don't don't try to put yourself in this met, mental pretzel to convince yourself that he should be the starting quarterback over Rattler. Don't do that. Don't freaking do that. You're better than that. So again, if that's not going to be the case, why not just find a way to get him, get him on the freaking field in some shape, way, or form? Now, <clears throat> I was trying to pull this up. Had the uh, com- computer crashed here um, in between. What I'm trying to pull up here Thanks. is what Beamer what Beamer had to actually say during today's press conference about Joiner. Because, again, <clears throat> for those of you that are just joining us, Joyner was out there today at running back, at least for the period of time when we were there. And being able to see him, being able to see him out there at running back, it really just made me think like, shoot, what what is South Carolina ultimately thinking about this? What is this just a, you know, we're thin at running back right now. They'll see how that kind of goes. Or is this something is this something that they would seriously consider? So with that being said, intern Joe, as I share my screen here, <clears throat> this is what Shane Beamer had to say today when asked about the plan about on Joiner. I think the carry on is a not think I know that the carry on is a guy that uh, good things happen when the ball is in his hands, whether it's running it, catching it, throwing it. There's a lot of different things that we can do with him. So one, you know, the carry on being able to do some stuff at, at running back um, is a, a kind of the next step of some of the things we did with him last year, playing some quarterback and the year before. Uh, also playing receiver. So he's still a receiver. Uh, he was doing some things at running back uh, uh, today as well. And with him, we've kind of told him it's, 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 it's his, uh, we'll go at his pace. You know, I met with him about a month ago, just trying to figure out all the different ways we can get you on the field. And he knows running or he knows receiver. He's been doing that since I've been the head football coach here. Let's experiment a little bit with you just getting natural at being able to play you know, some running back as well. And, and I think it'll, you know, present problems for, you know, defenses uh, as well, because here's a guy that can line up a quarterback. Here's a guy that can line up at receiver. Here's a guy that can line up at running back and uh, just continuing to try and find ways to, to get him the ball. So he is a receiver. He'll continue to work at some quarterback, but this is just something that we just wanted to um, experiment with a little bit, which can help us as we go into the season and goes back to David's question. I mean, we're very limited as you guys know at running back right now so it gives us another body in that room and some experience in that room as well because that's a young group so again intern joe being able to listen to shane beamer talk just your initial thoughts on how they're 
going about this process with Joyner? I think it's great. And I mean, I think it's what they've kind of always done with him, right? I think just having him as an extra weapon in the many bag of, of tricks that this offense can have, um, I think it's great. I think it's kind of what they've always done with him. Um, <laughs> now with him, you know, prepping like a running back, I think it just adds to the weaponry this offense has. Like it's, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, and you're going to get a guy like Nick Harbour to add to the bag of tricks that Dowell Loggins can have. And I mean, I'm not saying Nick Harbour is going to be any trick. I mean, he's just straight up ridiculous, um, quite uh, like straight up, you know, unbelievable athlete. But I think it's a carry on joiner, him being, you know, this, the seven tool, uh, you know, Swiss army knife, if you will, having him play whatever <laughs> position on the field that you want him to, like, you can do whatever you want. Like you can, you know, have the running back run like a flea flicker, hook and ladder, do whatever. So, I mean, I think the options are endless and not to mention DK is an exceptional athlete. And, you know, you can really, really, you know, open up the playbook when DeCarion Joyner is in there. And I think too, kind of like, like we've ta been talking about, like he, he adds depth in a room where, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, you need a little bit more depth when you lose Lavasier Carroll unfortunately, the health concerns um, and stuff like that, and you lose a Marshawn Lloyd, you can't have too many backs, like, you know, especially with guys going down, and we saw with Lavoisier, and, I mean, Marshawn Lloyd's injury two years ago with, you know, the ACL right as summer camp happened, and you knock on wood, nothing like that happens, but running back is a very, you know, volatile position. You can lose guys very easily at running back, so it's it's a position where you can't have too many bodies, and we saw that last season, too, bringing in Christian Beal-Smith when you had an established runner like Juju McDowell, and granted, they're different players, but, I mean, it's just, it's a position where you can't have, you know... But it's the different style, too. I agree. It's not yeah, just absolutely. the fact that it's you're just running between the tackles. I mean, this isn't the 1980s, this isn't the 1990s, yeah. and I think, to your point in turn, Joe, that is what helps having all those extra bodies. A guy like Juju, a guy like Juju is not the type of player, as we've been saying here for weeks, for weeks, going back to when Marshawn Lloyd transferred out. You're not going to see him run the ball 25-plus times a game. Okay, he, That's just not going to be the case. Now, he might touch the ball 25-plus times this season because they may incorporate him in the passing game a little bit. And then you get, you know, get your 25 touches that way. So I bring that up. I bring that up because being able to have someone like Joyner, he doesn't have to run between the tackles 20 plus. He doesn't have to do that. You can get him involved by being in the backfield and being able to get him involved in the passing game, run the ball, maybe take some snap, whatever the case may be. It's only going to help them. It's only going to help them. And speaking about only going to help them, intern Joe, Liberty Tax, they can only help you, especially this time of the year, huh? Yeah, absolutely, Mike. is pulling up the ad read right now. Um, Caught you off guard there. That's on me. I saw the opportunity. I, was, I, was I saw the opportunity. I was literally just pulling it up, but here we go. Um, so, yeah, Mike, it is tax season, as we all know, with, you know, spring football comes tax season. So, Mike, tax anxiety is that uncertain feeling you get right before doing your taxes, but you do not have to go through it alone. Tax team at Liberty Tax in Irma, Lexington, and Columbia will walk you through the process, clear up any confusion, and guarantee you'll get the biggest possible refund or your money back. It's tax time, Mike. If you're in a hurry for your refund, call the tax team at Liberty Tax, fast, accurate, and guaranteed. On the other hand, if you 
think you might be owing Uncle Sam. Talk to the Liberty Tax Team to make sure you're not paying more than you should owe. They'll find every possible deduction for you locally owned and operated, staffed by tax professionals from your neighborhood. Open 9 to five on, or nine to 9 on weekdays, 9 to 5 on Saturdays with multiple service options. Start through the Liberty Tax mobile app or through the desktop portal. Make an appointment or just walk in. Give a call to upload your tax documents. And when you come in, they will be ready to review and sign. Their number is, once again, give them a call at 803-462-5576. Once again, their number is 803-462-5576. Give them a call for all of your tax needs this tax season. Today's show is also brought to you by our good friend Clint Hammond at the Mortgage Network. Clint has been a long-time supporter of not just Gamecock Central, but specifically GC Live, as he's a sponsor for every GC Live show. Give him a buzz and do exactly what our own Wes Mitchell and former Gamecock quarterback and captain Perry Horth, who, by the way, Horth was uh, throwing the ball around at Pro Day yesterday, helping out the guys. They both had Clint help them out. And they were able to buy a home, and it made the process a hell of a lot easier. So, Clint Hammond, that's your guy over at the Mortgage Network. That number is 803-576-4450. You want to buy a home right now, he can make that process a hell of a lot easier. He can get you with all those mortgage rates and all that other stuff that a ham bone like me doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. That's why, you know, next time I'm going to go through that process Clint's going to be my guy. I'm going to give him a buzz. All right, intern Joe. I'm going to pull up some highlights today as we start talking here. Um, I know we really haven't hit on defense that much. We will get to defense in a minute. Is there anything else in particular, though, that you want to talk about with the offense? I I know we really haven't spent that much time with quarterbacks. Uh, I, I will say this because I saw it pop up today on the Gamecock Central Insider Forum, and I just want to bang my freaking head up against the wall anytime I see it because it just gives me a freaking popsicle headache. This notion, this notion of moving Doty to receiver or this or that, just, just shut up. Just stop it. Stop it. If any fan base, if any fan base should know the importance of having freaking depth at quarterback, it should be you. And I'm looking at you, Gamecock fans. Yeah. I know not every Gamecock fan feels this way. I think some of you understand it. But some of you, oh, you know, we have Rattler there. Oh, we have some of these young quarterbacks, Brandon Dave. Oh, Sellers. Stop it. Stop. What has Sellers done? What has Brandon? You don't even know if they're going to see the field this year. And hopefully they don't under the circumstances of injuries, right? You, you hope that doesn't happen if they were to see the field before other reasons. But you want to be able to have some type of depth at quarterback. You should be freaking happy that you have a guy like Doty. And again, I'm not saying Doty's going to be out there, you know, slinging the ball around and looking like, you know, um, the next Joe Montana. No one's saying that. But if God forbid, God forbid, and I'm not trying to speak it into existence, but again, remember what happened Beamer's first year? Remember the freaking. <laughs> Remember the freaking carrot? It was a merry-go-round. The carousel that was going, and it was put this quarterback in, get that going, and it just so. Uh, I understand you want to be able to utilize all the talent you have, but I'm excited knowing that we can go into a season, and you know who your quarterback's going to be. 
We don't have to worry about, I mean, think about the last couple of years before last season. Who's going to be the quarterback uh, competition? You have a quarterback already, but you have someone behind him that has experience of playing. And to be able to get out there and have a guy that you trust. And hopefully we do see Doty make improvements this spring. Healthy with that foot, move around a little bit. So it makes you feel even better if, God forbid, anything were to happen. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Mike, I mean, there's I've seen the people um, that you were talking about. Granted, they are few and far between. Oh, it just drove me nuts, intern Joe. Drove me nuts. There are people out there that, you know, our Doty should start kind of thing. But, I mean, my take on this whole matter is Luke Doty has – And a different position, that is. Just want to throw that yes, out there. A different start. position, yes. Yep. Yep, yep. And granted, like, right, like he did play a little bit of wide receiver under, you know, the old regime, which can is probably leading to some of those thoughts. But I think this new regime, it's pretty clear and obvious what they want Doty to do. Mm-hmm. Be next in line in case something happens. Granted, knock on wood, you would hope nothing does. And you would also hope that Doty would return. And again, I think this year, like Mike, we talked about it, if Spencer was going to leave. Doty was the next in line. And I mean, I'm pretty confident in saying that Doty is more the plan than- was this. The plan was this intern, Joe, and I'll cut you off real quick and I'll let you get back to you. Yeah. The plan was if Rattler left, they were going to have Doty as the next man up and Doty was going to get the crack at being the starting quarterback. At that point, at that point, from everything I've been told, they were not going to go into the portal and look for a quarterback unless there was just a can't miss kid. So I bring that up because yes, Doty was going to have, the opportunity to be the starting quarterback until Rattler made the decision to come back. Yeah. And I'm assuming he will next season as well, unless, you know, there's going to be an open competition for the job for sure. Mm-hmm. But I'm assuming it would be Doty's job to lose unless Lenore Sellers or Braden Davis put together something spectacular enough. And I wouldn't put it past those guys either. They have wicked talent, but I mean, I think Luke Doty has, paid his dues number one and that, granted you shouldn't give a guy a job just because he's paid his dues but I mean he's healthy he's been rehabbing whatever injury that you know fans kind of ding on him it's like oh he wasn't that good when he played well he was battling an injury <laughs> and stuff like that you know right like I mean Mike I'm sure you've seen those takes right like why do we want I, we saw that a lot more when when you know it was kind of presumed that Rattler wasn't coming back it's like oh my gosh we can't do with Doty Doty stinks and all this no Doty was hurt the last time Gamecock fans like really, really saw him in action. And so for him to be like truly healthy now and be in this new system and, and learning under a guy like Spencer and learning with Spencer and also too prepping the defense for, for SEC, you know, offenses. I think, you know, Luke Doty is one of the unsung heroes of this team. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot, it goes like, there's a lot of different reasons. Number one, because of his morale, he's a big morale guy and, you know, very loose, you know, kind of beach kid from coming from Myrtle Beach. Uh, you know, it's the morale is one thing. And then two, he's a really good leader. I mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. And I think Luke's handling the situation really, 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 really well, especially. And he handled it great with Spencer as well. And so, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, it's, it's going to be, you know, Luke Doty is a very, very pivotal part of this team. And People can say like, oh, yeah, he's just a backup quarterback, but he's not. He's a lot more than that. And, again, you can't afford to lose a guy like him playing him out at wide receiver. Mike, I think that's the reason why they don't do that Mm -hmm. is because, you know, number one, you have a lot of depth. You have a guy like DK Joyner in the wide receiver room, and we've seen that. There there is a good amount of depth 
in this wide receiver room, and then you have DK. Uh, but, I mean, I think it would just be silly to put Luke out there at wide receiver just because you're, you you have a bigger potential in losing a really, it's really – not a video game. It's not yeah. a video game, folks. I it's mean, not. I mean, turned off here. Um, and, the other part, and the other part about it, Intern Joan, you brought it up. I do want to hit on that just real quickly, and then we'll talk some defense before we wrap things up. Yeah. I understand there's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of excitement with the quarterback room right now, okay? A lot of excitement. But at the same time, too, Rattler leaves next year. At this time, at this time, based on experience, Doty would be the next guy to have an opportunity. Exactly. You'd have a next chance. So, and based on what we saw today, and it's, you know, it's one of those things that we always do at this time of the year. You know, okay, who's going first? Who's going second? You know, who's in line? I think it was Brandon Davis that was third in line, and then Gothier was fourth. You know, so we can we can sit here and try to like kind of put like a uh, depth chart together in our head. Um, and this is the drill that I'm talking about here, right? You know, see Sellers there. So I, I bring that up because to me, Doty's going to be the guy heading into next season. Mm-hmm. Um, at this time, at this time. So again, we'll wait and see how things play out. It's way too soon, way too soon to start thinking about those things. But I, I think you have to recognize that when you go about the process of, okay, this is the now, what gives us the best opportunity to win? And it's not just your starters, it's your two deeps and even thinking about your three deep sometimes. But at the same time too, looking ahead to next season, and while you do want to develop guys like Brandon Davis, and who knows how things play out this year? Who knows how this spring turns out? Davis, one of these other guys, they might have a hell of a freaking spring, and they might put themselves in a position to be able to push Doty come uh, summer. And that's okay. That's okay. But based on where we are right now, eh, yeah. Um, Gothier, I, I give I give him, I give Colton a lot of credit. I give Colton a lot of credit. I don't know how things are going to play out for him. I know he wants to play. Um, but at the same time, too, he has been someone that's worked his tail off um, since he arrived here. And, you know, look, it could have been real easy after the first year and just say, screw it, I'm going to go somewhere else. But he's, he's stuck around. And, again, that's not to say that's not to say that he might not explore the portal. I'm not telling you that's anything that I know or anything I don't know. But um, what I would say is hopefully he's able to show – growth this spring um if he feels like hey south carolina is a place that i want to be i feel like i can still compete um go out there and battle this spring go out there and battle defensively in turn joe mm-hmm. <laughs> defensively let's go to defense quickly there's obviously a bunch of positions a bunch when you're talking about the defensive side that are very uncertain in terms of who's going to start Who's going to be the number two? Yeah, SC scout guy. Thank you. Tanner Bailey. Don't want to forget him. Thank you. He's also um, really, really, really talented. Good call, SC scout guy. Um, throwing out names, though. But, you know, you get the point. Yeah. But thank you for mentioning him as well. Defensively, positions, they're going to be up for grabs, right? We can do the whole cliche. Oh, this position, that position. We mentioned Stone Blanton off the top. And it's funny. It's funny how timing – can be the biggest thing for you and be the biggest thing going for you, right? I mean, you hear about it in life, you know, timing is everything. Not only did Stone not play baseball this spring, 
as Shane Beamer mentioned today, because he was nursing a shoulder that was banged up, nothing too serious, okay? But nursing that shoulder injury. Instead of going out there for baseball in the spring, he gets that all healed up, and he's able to focus in on football. And as Beamer mentioned, that does not mean that Stone is throwing away the dream of playing college baseball. From Beamer's explanation, Beamer talks to Mark Kingston. They've had conversations about it. Uh, how things play out the next couple of years, we'll have to wait and see. But as far as the now intern, Joe, the reason I bring all that up is because if he had done that, he's not in the situation that he's in right now. And that situation right now is running with the ones. Because think about it. You don't have Brad Johnson back anymore. Brad Johnson's gone. He just graduated. On top of that, Sherrod Green, he's gone. On top of that, though, Mo Kaba, he's not fully cleared right now to practice. So I bring that up because he is in a great, great, great position. A great position to be able to compete for a starting job. Does that mean he's going to be the week one starter? I'm not saying that. We'll have to wait and see what Mo looks like when he comes back. But at the same time, too, Stone's a young guy. Stone's a young guy. He's only going into his sophomore year. If you feel like that ceiling is so high and he is already putting himself in a situation to compete as a starter, as a sophomore, coaches love that. They love that because they know that they can get more out of them in the long run. Yeah, Mike, I think there's, again, like we talked about at the top of the show, um, there are a lot of – you know, players on defense that can, you know, step up and, and, and make a really, 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 you know, big impact on defense. Um, Stone Blanton being one of them, we saw what he can do last year. Um, and again, with the shoulder, I think, you know, this spring will be a, a good chance for him to kind of rehab it and also to, you know, do all the things that this defense is still doing, like still getting playing shape without, you know, hitting is hard. And that's kind of what the spring is for too, is, you know, get the rest of the body in shape. And if you're rehabbing, you know, get the mind right, get, you know, Clayton's White's defense, you know, it's complex, but it's also simple. And that's the way he describes it. At least that's the way players have described it. So, I mean, it'll, it'll give, you know, Stone a really good chance to, you know, get his football senses, you know, keep, keep them going. And I think, you know, playing baseball, especially with that shoulder too, Mm -hmm. um, would have been a deficit Mm -hmm. for him. Um, And again, we talk about all these open positions, It'll be really interesting to see what happens on the defensive line. I would assume, you know, your your, your two defensive tackles will be, you know, uh, Tonka Hemingway and Boogie Huntley. Boogie Huntley coming off another injury play season. Um, you know, I think it'll be big for him to, you know, come back and, and, and have another healthy season. I think it's going to be really, really big for him to, you know, hopefully, again, knock on wood, stay healthy and play a fully healthy season. We saw what Tonka can do when, when rotated and stuff like that, but – Mike, I mean, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, the position everyone's watching is linebacker, right? Like, it's, you know, with the guys that you mentioned, Sherrod Green, and, uh, you know, those guys leaving, it's going to be really interesting to see who steps up. And, I mean, I my early takes, um, I like Debo Williams. He, he got a lot of good reps. Another kid that's freakishly athletic. Another guy um, that was with the ones today. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Debo Williams is, you know, he's a guy that I really, really, really expect to see out there, like, if I had to lock in any position or any anybody that I, you know, 
you could say intern Joe said this guy's going to start, you know, next year or whatever. Like I would say Debo Williams is going to make a really, really good case for it. And granted, I mean, it's, it's March. So I don't know how much that opinion matters right now, but um, I think another position I'm watching is the edge. Um, I know Todd just mentioned it. Um, but so yeah, the edge, it's going to be really interesting. We get a healthy Terrell Dawkins. I know that's a big storyline coming into it. I met Terrell last summer, massive kid. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see what he can do. He put together a pretty good campaign at NC State before he got to South Carolina. So I'm interested to see what happens with him. And then you got Jordan Strawn as well um, to replace Birch. I, I know Birch is a big hole to fill, but. Old Donald, Fortune. I mean, we can keep going down the list. With I mean, there's so many different guys that, you know, are primed for a breakout year and guys that you know, showed flashes of it, right, Mike? Like, there's yep. guys that, you know, well, and look, one guy, and, that, you know. Intern Joe, I, I asked Beamer about this today. I asked Beamer about this today. And I don't, I, I'm not trying to jinx anything, but what has South Carolina done a phenomenal job at, in particular, over the last couple of years? Now, we can sit here and say, okay, specialty. I get that, okay? I understand that. But what they've really done a good job since Beamer has arrived is that, Torian Gray has done a tremendous job developing defensive backs. Now, I'm not saying this is all on Torian because you have some talented players. You still got to be really good, right? And some of these guys were here, part of the must champ regime. But think about Jalen Foster's senior year. That was Beamer's first year. Think about Carlin's Patel when he arrived here from a Division II school. Think about Darius Rush in his two years working with Torian, right? Think about what we've seen with Torian Gray as a defensive back coach and how quickly he's been able to develop these guys in Clayton White's system. Beamer said today that Torian is the best in the country at what he does. He's obviously done it before at other schools. He has experience of coaching in the NFL, and he has now helped Darius Rush get to a level where we're possibly talking about being a late second-round draft pick, a day-two guy rush, either second or third round. So I say all that because I don't want to say it's automatic, right? I mean, we saw what happened with Nick Eamon Worry, DQ Smith. We've seen how talented they were their freshman year, and hopefully they continue to have that progression as they go into their sophomore year. But doesn't a part of you just say, who's going to be that next guy? Who's it going to be? We mentioned four, we mentioned some of these names, but who's going to be that next guy that Torian Gray is going to be able to just tinker with to become that next great DB for South Carolina? At a position that, as you alluded to, they need. They need to be able to find because they're losing two very talented corners. Yeah, and again, uh, Donald Fortune being one of the guys, like again, like we said, uh, got a lot of reps last year and showed flashes and the potential and obviously the bowl game you know, showed a lot of potential of what he can do. And, um, you know, I, I it's it's really, really, really good to see that this defense, you know, as banged up as it was last year, those guys that were filling in are now starting to, you know, be those dudes, right? Like they're starting to be the guys. And, you know, Torian Gray being, you know, the, the defensive backs coach, you know, it's continuing the legacy of really, really talented defensive backs at South Carolina, Stefan Gilmore, Israel Mukwamu, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. And, I mean, it, it's the legacy is continuing with Cam Smith and Darius Rush. Um, again, I think it's going to continue keep going with Marcellus Dial 
and O'Donnell Fortune, also O'Donnell Fortune, one of the best nicknames on the team from per Pete Lembo, O'Donnell Fortune 500. Um, I think it's, I think that's awesome. But he, again, super talented kid. And we saw what he can do, right? Like there's a lot of guys on this defense. Like I said, a lot of guys on this defense because of how banged up they were um, last season, we see, you know, those guys that were stepping in last season are coming to the forefront and starting to play a lot more. And, and, and when they did show the flashes last year, um, you know, we saw what kind of player they could be. And now that they're starting to get reps, you know, with the ones, I mean, it's, it's just going to amplify itself. Um, and obviously like, I mean, Marcel's dial, he didn't look great in the bowl game, but he showed flashes last year and now he's got a full off season. And I think Mike too, another thing, right? Like, I think it does a big thing for these guys, you know, at least the ones who at least know they're going to start or at least competing for a starting job, prepping like they are the number one. I think it does a lot for the mentality, right? Because, I mean, if you're prepping, uh, you know, a play and, and you just – you think, you know, you're like, okay, like this guy's – you know, I got to go in and compete for a job as, as a number two. I think it's different when you're preparing like a starter, right? I, it's mm-hmm. just a different mentality. And so I, I think it does really well for a guy like Debo Williams, a guy like O'Donnell Fortune, a guy like Marcellus Dial um, to prep like they're the starter. Um, and it, when you're doing that, then you have to lead by example. So and plus then you also have the mentality that the guys behind you are just, you know, they're gunning for you. And, and that just pushes you even harder. So I, I think it's, it's very, very, very big, uh, you know, to be prepping like you're one of the ones. Um, and Again, shout out Torian Gray for everything that he's done, and he's going to continue the big, the big legacy of um, South Carolina defensive backs that, that that come through the program. Intern Joe dinging, ringing like a freaking. I apologize. Outside of uh, the Santa, outside with the Salvation Army, ringing the bell. Yeah, um, popular man. Let's say uh, let's a couple things I want to mention before we we close up shop tonight. You mentioned Pete Lembo, Lembo, Clayton White. And then the new OC, Dal Loggins, they'll all be speaking tomorrow. At least they're scheduled to speak with the media as the coordinators will meet at 1230. So we will have live updates from Gamecock Central to be able to get you updated on what is being said from those three. Um, In addition to that, in addition to that, intern Joe, we just had some news, perhaps some news. I'm going to say something just to keep an eye on. Josiah Thompson, four-star from Dillon. He has tweeted, I know my decision now. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Eyeball emoji and a little shh and a little shh. So I bring that up. I bring that up and I want to bring something else up here from a recruiting standpoint. When we look at player rankings, we talk about Josiah Thompson. Because we we know what South Carolina has already done with the class of 2024, but it's just so damn impressive that it's worth looking at again, just to remind folks. And what a commitment would mean for South Carolina if they're able to land him. And oh, by the way, another player from the state of South Carolina that you should keep an eye on. So I'm going to bring that up right now in turn, Joe, before we close up shop. And uh, to just real quickly, SC scout guy really sucks about Cam Upshaw, Anthony Rose and Rames. As of right now, as of right now, nothing new. Beamer was asked about it today. 
and he said that there's nothing that he can really say um, in terms of how long they're going to be out for. If, you know, some of the guys are going to come back. What, he says it's above them. It's a school matter. So uh, we've, we've look, you don't even have to be a media member. Just fans. You can read BS. You can read BS easier now than ever before. Beamer could have just done the coach talk right there. I mean, that's the God's honest truth, and I believe him. I mean, it, it's out of his hands. And, you know, you're seeing all this stuff that's going on with guns in the world right now. Um, see it in the NBA. You're seeing it with, obviously, the situation at Alabama. And I'm not saying these are the same. But the point being is you'd have to be naive to believe that people aren't paying attention to what's going on in other places. So, again, that's not political because I know people, you know, guns and this and that that's not what that's trying to get the point being is um that's kind of just where it is so let me pull this up real quickly though we'll we'll close up shop um share screen here we go got to figure out which one that was that i here we go um so as you see josiah and i think that's going to be something intern joe that a lot of people are also going to enjoy the fact that south carolina Right now, they're out recruiting Clemson for Thompson. And the recruiting prediction machine has USC as the heavy, heavy front runners to land him. So you see that. You're looking at all this, right? These are the guys that have committed. These are the guys, as you see right here, the percentage. It's still up in the year, but South Carolina is the favorite. Look at this. Kelvin Hunter, safety, four-star. Nice picture, too. Wonder who took that. You took that bad boy. <laughs> so look at this intern, Joe, though. One, two, three, four. One. Pretty solid. Two, three, four. Now, just to show this, because I know some people sometimes ask, you know, see Braylon Staley rated four by on three. On three industry, that is all of the recruiting databases. That is Rivals. That's 24-7. That's ESPN. And it just calculates it into one. So point being is, let's say you're not big on on threes, recruit, whatever the case may be, right? Some people are a little bit higher on other certain ones. The, 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 the industry is telling you Calvin Hunter is that guy. So, again, Asked. Look, that- at, look at where South Carolina is positioning themselves right now, intern Joe. Yeah, I mean, really, 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 really good. And Josiah Thompson is also really, 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 really good. He's a guy I watched this summer. I also watched Kelvin Hunter this uh, this past summer. Both of them are insanely talented human beings. Um, Kelvin Hunter can really do it all defensively. I watched him play a little bit of linebacker, a little bit of safety, a little bit of corner in sevens. Um, freak of nature athletically. Josiah Thompson, no different. Um, I believe – he was um, – <laughs> I believe he was in Columbia today, if I'm not wrong, Mike. Uh, so I, I, all signs point to Josiah Thompson coming to South Carolina, and I would – I mean, personally, I would expect it. I don't have any intel unless Mike does. Um, but, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I would – by the way, on three is trending and, and all the predictions, I would assume he's going to be a Gamecock um, verbally. And then, you know, he, w- he would be another guy, Mike, I wouldn't foresee – you know, having any flips or anything like that. But, you know, in today's recruiting world, you, you never know. But anyways. I will say this. 
I won't say exactly who it is. South Carolina, you know, this has been for a while. They they have a big recruit uh, going to be committing soon. So point being is what they're doing, they're doing things the right way. And as you're seeing right here, you look at the class of 2024. This does not include Josiah. This does not include Calvin. Um, hope I'm say, saying that right. Um this doesn't include the guys that are leaders or South Carolina is a leader to land them based on the RPM. This is guys that have committed to South Carolina. And obviously because they are class of 2024, they can't make that official until the first signing day period of the 2023 calendar year, um, which would be December. So these are all verbal commitments, but you know, just to give you an idea, Cam Pringle, Michael Smith, Wendell Gregory, Mazio Bennett, Dante Reno, all four stars, all four stars. And it's incredible to, to remember when Dante was the first for the class of 2024. And again, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, you're a four star. But <laughs> look at the, the fact that he's at the bottom, though, just goes to show you not just how hard this recruiting class has done from a, you know, just not, not just what South Carolina's coaching staff has done for this recruiting class, but guys like a Dante Reno, guys like a Pup Howard, guys that are on this list, guys that are on the team right now, Pup Howard, and the job they've done with being able to recruit other players and trying to build. Because as Reno said, as Reno said to me, we saw what took place this recruiting class. And as the class of 2024, we want to have a better recruiting class than the 2023 class. And it goes back to a core principle that Beamer harps on all the time. Competition is a core value of their program. The fact that recruits commits, they want to be a better recruiting class than the previous one. I freaking love it. I love it in turn, Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's this, program has shown that they can go after the top players in South Carolina and, and, and nab a lot of them in the 2023 class. We saw, I believe it was three or four out of the top five. I don't know. I'm mixing the numbers up. I don't have it in front of me, but this 2024 class is going to be loaded, man. And when I talked to Dante for an article, I'm writing about this exact topic, Mike, about guys going out and recruiting each other. He told me, he's like, you know, that was always a dream of mine to be the first guy committed in a class and then go after you know, other players and get other players and build a recruiting class along, um, you know, up after me and stuff like that. And so, you know, Dante gave us, gave me some pretty good perspective and, you know, I, Mike, I noticed your, your birdies with Beamer shirt there. I've heard Dante's got a pretty good golf swing too. So we'll, we'll have to see what's up with all that this summer. But I mean, yeah, I, I, this program has a knack for just recruiting and like having players recruit each other, it's it's that brotherhood, it's the love word, and like everything that Beamer preaches, it's it just it all falls in line with all the philosophy, the principles, and everything, Mike. Everything you mentioned, Dante Reno. You mentioned Reno. Reno will be in town. He will be in South Carolina very very soon, I believe. If I pull this up. Uh, Reno will be in town March 23rd. So that is when he will be back down here. Um, Hopefully we have a chance to catch up with Reno, but you know, point being is this, they're doing a great job. And uh, speaking about Reno, just went to his Twitter page. 
and he has quote tweeted this. I mean, this is like the, the, the entertaining side of it with recruiting. I understand it could be a pain in the ass. I mean, I can tell you from covering it. Um, some of it gets friggin' annoying because you're dealing with every move that a friggin' 17, 18 year old's doing. But at the same time, too, it's when you're seeing a program like South Carolina have the type of momentum that they've been able to build over the last year plus, two years, really. Um, it's neat to see the interactions on Twitter. And Dante Arena quote tweeted Josiah Thompson with, I think, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, something like that. Um, emojis with a kind of like a smirk and said, uh oh, and tagged him. So, um, you know, take that for what it's worth. You didn't do it if you want, man. Read into it if you want. Hey, why not? I mean, things right now are looking very good for South Carolina across the board when you're talking about athletics. Um, baseball team, they're rolling. Big win against Presbyterian. If you haven't seen it, I know it'll be a little outdated, but still good information in there. Go back and watch. What is it? Foul, foul ball? All balls, baby. Foul ball. Episode um, one. Um, with intern was- Joe and Colin. It's mostly SEC talk, so uh, you know. Perfect. We, we didn't really touch on Presbyterian that much, if if at all. So yeah, go check that out. Episode one is live, uh, but yeah. And then what's what, Mike? What are, what are, what's the video series that you're doing with Colin called again? Yeah, extra in, extra innings. We do it on Sunday. I mean, we got plenty of baseball coverage, and with the way this team's playing right now, um, at least heading into SEC play, knock on wood. Um, We'll continue to give you plenty of it. But point being is you have baseball playing well right now, women's basketball. They're heading into the NCAA tournament undefeated, trying to go back to back. Um, I mean, shoot. I mean, I, no disrespect to the men's tennis. I don't follow them, you know, like maybe some people do. But I know the men's tennis team's doing well. Golf, I, I don't know who else is playing well, but it just seems like everyone's playing well right now. So um, congratulations to everyone that is doing well. And uh, keep it rolling. <laughs> And uh, obviously, spring football is here, and we will have plenty of Gamecock coverage for you throughout the next about four or five weeks that we get ready for that spring game in a month on April 15th. He's intern Joe. I'm Mike Yuva. If you missed any of tonight's GC Live Talking Tuesday nights, you can go back onto the Gamecock Central YouTube page and watch the show in its entirety. And on top of that, on top of that, if you want to go back, catch Shane Beamer's press conference from earlier today. You can do that. We also cut up a nice soundbite if you missed it from earlier in the show with on Joyner and Beamer's thoughts on what they're trying to do. You can listen to that as well. And if you want to listen, see any of the players, I say any, I think nine of them, nine of them talked yesterday with Gamecock Central. Nine players spoke with Gamecock Central after their pro days. You're not going to find that anywhere there's going to be i think gamecocks online the official school said they didn't have every single one we have more of them than they had so the point being is you want to go listen to you know cam smith you want darius we have it all for you head on over there not every player spoke christian beale smith didn't speak um brad johnson didn't speak Devani reed didn't speak there's a couple players that didn't speak but we have everyone else for you so go check that out as well or if you're a podcast guy Go on over to the Gamecock Central podcast and listen to this show as well as any other show you want. And one more thing, Interjo, because I got to make sure I'm trying to hit on everything so the boss man is happy with us over at Gamecock Central. Because it's spring football right now. Oh, yep. Because it's spring football right now, take advantage. Take advantage of the Gamecock Central spring football offer. 
right? Spring ball special, $10 for the next four months. Think about that. $10 for the next four months. Plenty of football coverage. Busy right now, spring ball, but you get everything else we just talked about. Women's basketball, men's basketball, the transfer portal. It's going to be freaking nuts, Colin Taylor said, over the next couple of weeks, into the next couple of months. You have that as well. And, of course, women's basketball coverage, recruiting for football is going to start to pick up after the spring game. That brings you right up until the start of the season. There's so much coverage, Mike. And this Did I hit on everything, intern Joe? It's a steal, I believe. I mean, there's and so baseball. much coverage. You don't even, yeah. Oh, there's plenty of baseball. I mean, I'm bad at math. What would that be? March uh, into April, May. That, that, that brings you through the college baseball season if South Carolina yep. is able to make it yep. to exactly. Omaha. Not to get ahead of ourselves here, but if they make it that deep, you're going to be able to be covered. Yeah, and to all my friends, if, if you are watching this, it is affordable for us college kids as well. Ten bucks you can afford, especially for four months of coverage, it's an absolute steal. So you got to yeah, go. You do that. You do, no, you do that, and instead of going out one night and grabbing drinks, you go out on a Tuesday to a place like Village Idiot or whatever, and you take advantage of their dollar draft beers. I mean, that's how you do it, you know? Exactly. exactly. I'll have intern Joe give his dollar draft beer night, and he'll be able to help all the college kids out there. I'll give him a, a list. Definitely. Absolutely will do. All right, guys. Appreciate everyone watching tonight. We'll do it again next Tuesday. We'll probably have a lot to talk about because there'll be plenty of practices under their belts. And we'll also recap what some of the coordinators had to say when they speak tomorrow. As we tape this on the 14th, they are speaking on Wednesday, March 15th. Have yourself a great Tuesday night, a great week, and be safe this weekend if you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.